What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm late. I'm late. For a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Do you believe in love? I can hear it myself. I really don't hear you talking enough, no. You're welcome. Roll it. This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. What's up? You that commercial? Oh, I just staged myself, staged myself, that's for sure. How's everybody doing? Getting really excited hearing vaccine news. Mm, yeah. All right. That's what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been waiting for, guys. This is our time to shine. Vaccine time. Let's go. Give me three doses. Let's go. I need to get out of the house. Your boy needs to go blackout at a bar like the old days. All right. I need to call an Uber and not tell my friends I'm leaving and fall asleep in the back of it and have the Uber driver hit me on the knee and say, hey, dude, you're home. Also, you might have a problem. That's what I need. Okay. Also, I like to see my family, but that's also secondary to me wanting to go to a bar again. I want to see live music. Oh, we're wasting my good hangover years, you know? I'm still young enough where I can handle it. By the time we get out of this freaking pandemic, my liver's going to be shot. I'm not going to be able to handle it the next day. I'm not going to be able to bounce back like I used to. Would have missed my good hangover years. Among the other things that this pandemic is ruining. Ah, <laughs> oh, go crazy. So excited for today's show, though, guys. Today we're talking to a guy who really has done it all. Played college ball, moved to Nashville. Started songwriting for some of the biggest names in country. And then finally someone was like, you're good looking, dude. You're talented. What about you? Had a huge hit called Stealing Cinderella, which just shot him into the stratosphere in country music. He did some reality TV. He was on a huge syndicated morning radio show. He did Dancing with the Stars. And now he's got a new hit out called Solid Gold. He's a good man. He's a good-looking man, and I'm super pumped to talk to Chuck Wicks today. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, the man, the myth, the legend, with a larynx of solid gold, it's Chuck Wicks. Stick around, y'all. 
Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, welcome back to the Wells Cast. Very excited to have Chuck Wicks on the show. Yo. What's going down? Sorry, I missed your call. I was going to answer, but I was in the bathroom. I figured I'd let you, I'd save you from that. Taking a big old grumper. Well, you know, I've had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of cereal this morning. Oh, yeah. A lot of fiber. That'll do it to you. How are you? I'm good, man. I, my, uh, wife is, uh, very pregnant right now. So I'm just hanging out waiting. You know, I, I, I got strict rules from her that I cannot leave the house or her side come November 16th. So I am on, I'm on a whole different kind of quarantine. I am I'm like, I got a whole set of rules just for me. So she's like ready to, ready to pop. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. She, she's ready. I, and I'm ready. I'm ready for her to pop. I am going to miss her belly though. I think pregnant, well, my pregnant wife, I was going to say pregnant women, pregnant women in general, I think are sexy, but my wife pregnant is like, wow, it's a different deal. Really? Oh Yeah. I mean, like, I know a lot of people are into it, but like, so what is it specifically? Well, when you say into it, it <laughs> <sexual>. <laughs> you said it was uh, sexy, bro. Oh, uh, yeah, it is sexy. Um, it's just one of those things, especially with, you know, when your wife is carrying your child, it there's a, it's a whole different kind of love for that person. And there's a whole different kind of connection for that person because you're making life together and to know that she's growing your child, <laughs> you know, it's like a whole different th- and they glow, man. The whole glowing thing, like where they, where people say, Oh, you're glowing. It's true. They, when, I mean, they're not glowing when they have morning sickness and they're, you know, they're tired and their back hurts and stuff like that. But when the moment is right, 
they truly do are, are glowing. I think it's just a very attractive thing. What number child is this for you? This is my first child. Oh, wow. And I, but I have three step kids. I have three daughters that are, I'm a stepdad. I call them my bonus daughters. So when I married Cassie, she had three daughters already. One, it, one's Avery, who is nine years old. And then the other two are a little older, 21 and 20, Maddie and Mackenzie. And I always got to put this into reference because people are like, wait a minute. Cassie is my wife's name. She has, Cassie has a 21-year-old, a 20-year-old, and a 9-year-old? And we have we always like to clarify so people don't just assume things. Um, she, from her previous marriage, she adopted Maddie and Mackenzie because her her ex-husband had children before and their mother unfortunately their mother had passed away from breast cancer so when they got married they didn't have a mom they, like their mom their mom had passed away so she was she was a superstar man she, she i think she adopted them when she was 22 years old wow so it's pretty crazy she's a she's a one of a kind yeah for sure that's amazing man well congratulations good luck on everything do you know what you're having boy wow oh yeah we, trust me, I just I just told you I have three bonus daughters. I need a boy. Yeah. <laughs> I need, a boy. need some more testosterone in the house. Well, uh, congratulations and good luck. Dude, I don't know if you remember meeting me, but I was on your show one time. No, I remember. I remember uh, I remember like it was yesterday. You came in the studio. You were great. You leaned over and I was like, man, this guy's a good looking dude. What's, what's this guy? There, there's more to this guy than just a pretty face. And I looked you up and I was like, oh, this guy's cool, man. I, so, yeah, I do remember it was America's morning show at the time. I know that like it went through like different iterations or whatnot, but I had known Blair Garner, who was, I guess the, the main guy on that radio show, uh, or yeah. he was the one who kind of put it together. I had known him for a while because his partner at the time's cousin was my ex-girlfriend. What I remember about that interview was Blair trying to figure out a way for me to get back with her like get back together with her. And I was like, it's not going to happen, guys. I don't know what to tell you. I didn't know that behind the scenes stuff. I didn't, because yeah. I didn't pick up on any of that. Interesting. Well, it's good to see you again, man. And congratulations, one, on becoming a dad again in a couple of days. That's super awesome. And then also congratulations on uh, Solid Gold, man. Yeah, Solid Gold. It's been it's been interesting. I I just signed my third record deal in Nashville, Tennessee. And I always say, you know, I, I got my start in 2007. I signed with RCA Records and had a few hits with them. And then time went by, I got dropped. I signed another deal and had some success there, but not like huge success. And then I like we were talking about, I ended up getting into radio and, and having a radio show and, and doing that for five, six years. And then as I got out of that, I was one of the ones that got let go during the pandemic. So when that happened, it was kind of crazy you feel, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening right now can relate because it's such a strange time. If you get let go or you get fired or you get whatever, whatever you want to call it, you get, you get kind of like punched in the face, you know, you, you, or you get hit, you know, it's a big gut punch or whatever you want to call it. And I, I started panicking because I have a pregnant wife. I'm, you know, a year into my marriage, I was making pretty decent money doing what I was doing. And I got comfortable and I knew what I was, I knew what tomorrow was going to bring as far as a paycheck. And I, you know, I felt good. I felt good about where I was. And then when all, when that's ripped away, I, you do go into panic mode. And I got two phone calls the day, um, the entire morning show that I did got let go. One was from Bobby Bones 
with iHeartRadio. And the other one was from Verge Records. Verge Records says, hey, man, I'm sorry to hear that you got let go. Are you ready to start making some music again? And I was just like, hell yeah, I am. Let's go. I was like, thank the Lord. I mean, it was just... I think the Lord works in mysterious ways and, and there's always a rhyme and reason for everything. So I think uh, I'm glad I didn't have to wait too long to see that there was something on the other side. And, you know, coming out with my third record deal, Third Time's a Charm, I wanted to come out of the gate with a song like Solid Gold because it's uh, I wrote it by myself. I had haven't released music in a while. And I just wanted to kind of make a statement that like, hey, I'm still a songwriter. I still, you know, have traditional roots to my music that I love. And Solid Gold is that perfect marriage of, of that because I wrote it and it, it, it is somewhat of a throwback song. Now that the wheels are turning on that song, we got another one coming. And this was not, it was on purpose and not on purpose, but we're releasing a song called um, Old With You on December 4th. And December 4th is also the induced date for my child. And as most songwriters will tell you, their songs are their babies, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I gotta release it. We gotta, I gotta have two babies on that day. I gotta have a song baby and a real baby. We shot the video for Old With You and um, my wife and, and I are just, are the only two in the video. And, and I can't wait to, uh, for people to see this. It's a, it's one of those songs where you immediately you're like, okay, that's a wedding song. Do you remember that song Adam Sandler did on the plane? And wedding singer. Yeah. I want to. What is that? Good old with you or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, Let me see if I can find it. Yeah. See if you can find it. But I, when I went to write that song, my, my buddy that came up with the title, he goes, man, I want to write the song called old with you. I immediately thought about that Adam Sandler song. And I love that song. Granted, it's Adam Sandler. And he's not, I mean, but I love that song um, because it's so simple and it's so, real it's kind of like what guys think anyway what you know the lyrics in that song so we wrote it from a more lyrical standpoint that can happen on radio and be taken a little more seriously um so we're excited about all with you and, and coming out with that right around the corner so here's the song it could be so nice growing old with you Sandler's so talented. Well, that's exciting, man. I love equating it to like my two babies are coming out kind of at the same time. At the end of the day, it's true what they say, like necessity is the mother of invention. And, you know, you getting let go from that show, I guess maybe like force you into doing something that you probably should have been doing in the first place. Like I, I, I know you as like this amazing songwriter and singer from a guy who lived in Nashville for 12 years while you were there. So I'm just glad to see you kind of back doing, I think, the thing that you were meant to do. Yeah. I am sorry that you got let go, but I've worked in radio since I was in high school, and don't worry about it. <laughs> it's funny. When I did get let go, I had a bunch of radio people reach out to me yeah. and says, well, congratulations. Now you know what it's like to really be in radio. Yep, exactly. And, and I appreciate you saying that. I do think they kind of made the decision for me, the company I used to work for. They probably made a decision for me that I should have made a while ago. When you start getting comfortable, at least for me, and this is with anything, even when I was just doing music, 
I when I had success out of the gate with RCA Records, I got a little comfortable and I got a little lazy. So when you start getting comfortable, you don't press as much and you don't push as much. Now I'm pushing again and it feels it feels good. I was telling my wife, I was like, man, it it just feels good to be in a room and start being creative again and writing songs and, you know, kind of hanging out with artists again that I'm not the radio guy that is also an artist. They kind of look there like it's almost like art. It sounds crazy, but it's like artist artist type of deal. I, I don't know. It's it's refreshing to say the least. Yeah, I have a bunch of musician friends from all over the place. But when I was in Nashville, I remember there was a little bit of like, are you, are we talking as you're my friend or are we talking as like your bit on your radio show on Monday morning? I just need to know like where we are. And so I understand where you're coming from where it's like, Oh, it's nice now. I'm just, it's just artist to artist. We're just talking about songwriting or, or whatever, you know, there's uh, no hidden agenda. A lot of people don't know that they don't think about this except us, right? Except if, if you're sitting in the chair, but that's the thing. Do you like me or do you like the chair I'm sitting in? Yeah. And I think you'll back me up on this. You can tell pretty quick who is genuine and who is not. Oh yeah. I'm just talking to you because the chair you're sitting in. Yeah. <laughs> 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 totally. I wanted to play a little bit of Solid Gold and then maybe talk a little bit about the new and grow old with you and how it sounds like it kind of loops back to how you got your start with Stealing Cinderella. But here's Solid Gold. I was listening to this earlier today, man. I just absolutely love this track. I've never needed money, no. Ooh, I've never needed fame. Just Okay, so I love a lot of things about this song. And tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm getting such a old school Willie Nelson ballad vibe from this tune, which is why I think I was I just like fell in love with it. Do you hear that or am I crazy? Yeah, no, I and that's a compliment for sure. So thank you. So I originally took this song. Um, when I write by myself, it takes me a while to write a song by myself because I, I nitpick it. When you write with other writers, usually, you know, you get in there and you'll start at 1030 and you'll be done by five. And then if you want to nitpick it, you got to get all the writers back in the room again. Well, when I write by myself, I can just pick up the guitar and nitpick all I want whenever I want if I can. And it took me like I probably fine tuned this song for three or four months, just kind of like working with different melodies and stuff. And you can tell it's a very laid back, right? It's a very laid back song. And, and I almost sing the vocal like behind the beat a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's what Nelson does a lot. He sings behind the beat or in front of the beat. He's never really on the beat. When I first went in the studio, played it for the studio musicians, and I was like, hey, I'm, this is how I'm singing the song. It's crazy. The guy that was running the session that day, he looked at me and he said, he goes, man, I love it. I love doing it laid back like that, but it's, it's, it's very Willie Nelson. And I, he goes, I want to, I want to make it more progressive and I want to make it more uh, radio friendly and all this stuff. I'm like, really? And he was like, no, nah, I just think that's, so we did it. I was, I was like, okay, let's give it a shot. 
And we did it and it missed the mark. It like totally, it, it took the song somewhere where it wasn't supposed to be. So I never, I never even sang on what we re recorded that day for Solid Gold. I just, I was like, it's not there. It's not it. Fast forward, I get, you know, the record deal and stuff like that. And I said, I, you know, I'm going to call my buddy, Jimmy Ritchie, who's a big producer and he does a lot of traditional records. He's done, he did Jake Owens early stuff, but he's done like Clay Walker and these guys that like, you know, Mark Chestnut, these pretty country guys that have had huge success. And I was like, this is a guy that will probably knock it out of the park in the studio. And he didn't try, Jimmy didn't try to change what the song was. And that, what we just listened to was the outcome. And when I heard it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's it. And that's kind of why I wanted to come out of the gate with this song was because, because if you go back and listen to all my songs, I'm all over the map. I mean, one song will be super traditional and then hell, one song will be super pop and one song will hit, you know, be in the middle or whatever. I think I, if I would have went the pop route or something like that, I just think it wouldn't, it wouldn't have stuck out. I wanted to release something that I could stand by and be like, well, this is what, this is why I love country music. I do love people like Willie Nelson. I do love great love songs and ballads. That's why I love singing. I'm a, I'm a ballad singer, you know, I love up tempos and trust me, I need more <laughs> so I can, so I can get out there and, you know, and tour more and nobody wants to fall asleep. But this was just a great way to start kickstart back into the, the realm of things. And, moving forward i think with like a song like old with you that we've been talking about as well that's a little more radio friendly and that's exactly why we're going to go to country radio with that but solid gold is certain is i'll never forget when uh american songwriter the magazine said hey i want to do a piece on chuck wicks and and his song solid gold that's when i was like oh my god i want to be in the i've always wanted to be an american songwriter the mag I, i've always wanted to be in it i've never been in it that was like okay check that off the list now I made the right decision and released Solid Gold because that happened. Like nothing else could happen with Solid Gold. And because it was an American songwriter, I'm good. And because Wells Adam is talking about it, I'm good. It's so funny, like that first engineer or producer that you were working with on Solid Gold. I understand where he's coming from. And like, listen, at the end of the day, you make money off of radio hits. But it's so funny that like, you know, you would want to, to change a song that's so very much like an old school throwback with actual names of throwback and old school, you know, country greats to like a, a progressive radio hit. But I get it. Anyways, I just really love that song. I, I guess I got to ask, does, does your wife really love that song? I mean, she's right. She's actually came to the door because the dogs went crazy. Yeah. Uh, I love it. It's my favorite, actually. Not old with you? Well, I love Solid Gold too. So I, Solid Gold was like, I used to pick up the guitar and just sing it to her and Avery our little nine-year-old I used to we have a video I think still like where I was singing and Avery was dancing and like Avery's like one of these I don't know if all kids are like this but she, she can hear a song one time and she'll know every single lyric yeah I'm not worse at that like I I am not a cover band guy like if you I can't I know songs and I can sing with them on the radio but it's I have to learn them like really learn them to try to to play it live or play the whole thing through but yeah, I guess I guess it is true. Solid Gold is is her favorite. But now that she's in the video with Old With You, I think that will probably be her favorite next. I'm excited for Old With You to come out. And you said it was it's just like the perfect wedding song, which I got to say, I feel like this is the perfect wedding song. Well, the big pop 
Love that song so much that he had you come and play his daughter's wedding to sing that song. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I I never wrote that song to be a wedding song. I wrote that song because the head of RCA of, of A and R, he's a good buddy of mine now, Jim Jim Catino. He was just like, "Hey man, I don't think we have your first single out of the box yet." He goes, "Just go home, write about something you know, like write about something that you love. Like if it's real, then people will." No, it's real. Like you, it becomes believable then because it's just going to come through naturally that it is real. I said, okay. The, at the time, I was seeing this girl, and we were dating for like four years at this time. And she moved up to Nashville to be with me. And she, her summer gig down in Florida was playing Cinderella. She played Cinderella at Walt Disney World. So I came up with the whole the whole chorus. I was like, she's playing Cinderella, riding her first bike. And that, the next day, I had a co-write with George Taron and Rivers Rutherford. George Taron and Rivers Rutherford wrote When I Get Where I'm Going for, for Brad Paisley. They're great songwriters outside of that song, but that song in particular reminded me of what Stealing Cinderella should sound like. So I was like, I'm going to bring this idea to them. And we ended up writing that song and we wrote it in three hours, dude. It was crazy. We wrote it. We, well, actually, we wrote it probably in two and a half because we went to lunch, came back and kind of tightened it up. Yeah. So it was like, it wasn't even really full three hours and they were able to re- relate to it because they had daughters, you know, they had, I was at the time I was dating I wasn't, but I didn't have kids or knew what it would be like to have kids. And it, they had came out, they came at stealing Cinderella from a different perspective. And that's why I think so many dads related to it. That's when I knew it was a special song. Like you said, when Philip Fulmer um, asked me to, to sing at his wedding. I didn't know who Phil Fulmer was, sadly. I grew up, I grew up in Delaware. I, I know. I grew up in Delaware. And there's probably people listening right now. They're like, who's Philip Fulmer? Yeah, so well, just real quick. Philip Fulmer was the head coach of the Tennessee Vols for years. Now, I don't even know where he coaches now, but. I think he's just not an announcer. What do you call it? Like an analyst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of- Big name. Big college, especially if you're in the SEC or in the South. So very cool thing. Well, I grew up in Delaware. We had University of Delaware Blue Hens, the only female mascot in college football. <laughs> so I and we were Division One, Two A, or whatever it is. So I didn't really follow college football until I went to school down in Florida, and I still didn't really know too much about Knoxville and Tennessee and how strong their roots are in Philip Fulmer. But I went there and I was like, well, cool, let's do it. Stealing Cinderella at the time was not a hit. It was at 56 on the charts. I was like, well, I'll go here since he's well known. And maybe it will back to our conversation. Do you like me or yeah. do you like the chair I'm sitting in? <laughs> I really like the chair that Philip Fulmer was sitting in. So I, I went there and I ended up falling in love with his family. What a great family, a great guy, a great coach, obviously. Coach Peyton Manning. I mean, so – I did the song and knowing that he was a, a very well-known football coach, strong guy, yells a lot, that kind of deal. When every time he turned around and I saw his face when he was dancing with his daughter, he was crying. And that's when I knew I was like, oh, I was like, man, I always knew that I, I'm a strong believer that music heals and music can change people and their feelings and, and make them go to places and 
remembering things and so on. But I never thought, I, that's when I knew that my songs could do that. And it was really flipped the switch for me. It ended up being a huge wedding song. But that, see, that's a father-daughter dance. Old With You is a bride and groom dance. Yeah. All right, you're, you're monopolizing all facets of the nuptials, and I like it. Oh, yeah, and I, dude, I just married somebody like two months ago. So I'm like, I'm full service over here. <laughs> I can marry you, do the father-daughter dance and the first dance. <laughs> I'm in. That's hilarious. Well, I, I'm, I'm excited for all of you to come out. You said it's going to come out, what, next month? December 4th. December 4th. All right. Well, keep your eyes peeled for that. But in the meantime, go listen to Solid Gold. It came out kind of at the end of October. I want to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to do the thing that this show is meant to do, which is talk about origin stories. I want to find out how the hell you became so successful. You down with that? Let's do it. All right. Quick break. When we come back, Chuck Wicks here on The Wells Cast. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm late. I'm late. Very important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, back on the Wells cast, I have singer, songwriter, baseball player, officiant at weddings, dog owner, radio host. Am I forgetting any? What, what else do you do? Retired dancer. Was on Dancing with the Stars. Retired That's dancer. Right. Mm, I know. I uh, know. Dancing with the Stars is on right now. Do you watch it? And are you like, ugh, that sucked? I, so before I was on that show, never watched it. Yeah. I watched it the season before I was on the show. Smart. And then I watched it a couple seasons afterwards that I was on it. And then I stopped. And now if it's on, I'll watch. I always like to see who's on it. Yeah. Because the bigger the bigger the name that's on it, it kind of gives me, you know, credit. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm like, see, they were on it. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty famous too. I was a background dancer last season for Joe's dance. So I've done it so hard and sucked. But like every time I talk to somebody who's, who's on it, it's so much work. You lose a bunch of weight. You're sore. Was that your experience with it? I did not lose weight. Here's, here is the, uh, it is hard though. It's very nerve wracking. Yeah. I was always like, before our dances, man, I was like in back in the hallways. Cause a lot of people don't know this. American Idol was across the hall. So we did it on the CBS lots. So American Idol's across the hall. So if I went to the bathroom, I'd run into like whoever was on American Idol that yeah. season. That was the Adam Lambert season. Yeah. So I remember, I remember going to the bathroom and I would run into Adam Lambert all the time. Like, what's up, man? Singing well? You doing good? He go, yeah, pretty good. You dancing pretty good? Pretty good. <laughs> yep. All right. Hopefully I'll see you next week. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How far did you get? I got fifth place, I think. That's fifth pretty, place. That's pretty good. I mean, like, it's such a popularity contest now, you know, because uh, I think so much depends on voting. Uh, my buddy who was on it last season was the worst dancer I've ever seen ever. He never got better, but he was like top three because people loved him and they kept voting him in, you know? So that means people must have loved you. Who was it? Who was your buddy? His name was Grocery Store Joe. He was on... Uh, he was on The Bachelor. I know who it is. Yeah. Grocery yeah. Store Joe. He was terrible. And then he made me come on and help him dance. He was so bad that they invited a bunch of other Bachelor people to distract from how bad he was. And then they brought me on, and I was even worse than he was. And so I guess it worked because everyone was just making fun of me. Anyways, uh, but yeah, he was like third. He like almost won the thing, and he was terrible. That's because a lot of people loved him and voted for him. So if you got fifth, man, that means people must have loved you. Yeah, I hope so. I'm trying to still trying to find those people that voted for me. I feel like they left, I feel like they left me. They were like, okay, we're we're over it. I love finding out where where people came from and how the hell they got here. Kind of a blueprint for success. You talked earlier in the show about growing up in Delaware. Were you a musical kid? Like, did you have the bug early? Not at all. I grew up on a potato farm. We were well, we were called grain farmers, so we did like corn, wheat, barley, soybeans. Uh, super normal kid, super small town in Smyrna, Delaware. All I cared about was I wanted to play baseball, get a cool truck when I was 16 and work on the farm and then go to college and play baseball. That was my, that was, that was it. I loved country music though. Like I would sing, I would sing around the farm. I would sing like if we had a party, you know, a lot of my friends would be like, Chuck, uh, sing that Joe Dippy song or like, you know, sing the Tim McGraw song or whatever. And I would like do that, and, but didn't know how to play the guitar or nothing. So I just sing, I would just like, we, we would find the song, like we, we'd get the CD out, play it. And I would sing with them. They're like, oh man, you sound just like them. That was kind of it. Like I didn't sing in church. I didn't do any of that. My parents weren't singers. My dad was in one play. He's trying to take credit for shit and it's not happening. I was like, dude, you were in one play and it wasn't even the lead. <laughs> but when I went to college, I ended up playing baseball at Florida Southern College. I wasn't playing that much. It was one of those things where I probably went to the wrong school or whatever. You can make a million excuses. All athletes do. And that's when I had to figure out, I was like, well, I'm going to pick up a guitar, learn how to play guitar. I didn't know anything about Nashville, Tennessee. I didn't know anything about how do, how do you get a record deal. I didn't know it was a thing. I just didn't think about it. I was like, oh, I love what's on the radio. I never thought about how do you get on the radio because it just wasn't a dream of mine. I just loved it. I loved music. I loved imitating the people. So 
there was this this girl that played soccer at Florida Southern College, and she goes, "Hey, I heard you can sing pretty good." I was like, well, I love to sing because I would sing around the dorm rooms. And I actually, I don't think I've ever really told this story. Titanic came out in like 97 or 8. And that was when I was a freshman in college. And I used to be, we had the, the big showers where everybody had to use the same showers in the dorm room. I would wait until like midnight, take my shower then because I did not want to take showers with other people. So I'd wait till midnight, take a shower and I would do the I would like rock it out and I would do it so loud. People would come out of their dorm rooms and be like, shut up, I'm trying to sleep. That was so memorable for certain people. My best friend in college that married my wife and I, he actually, as he was getting ready to marry us, he goes, let me tell you a little backstory about Chuck. And he brought that up like at the ceremony, like when we was marrying us. So I think that's how it got out to this girl that played soccer that like, Hey, I heard you got a pretty good voice. So she goes, let's sing together. And I was like, all right, cool. She goes, you need to meet my manager. That was the moment where it just kind of opened up. I'm like, what? Hold up. You have a manager? She's like, oh, yeah. And this was like the big boom, like when NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, this is 97, 98, 99. This is when all that no strings attached, all that stuff was rocking. It was in Orlando. So we were, Florida Southern was in Lakeland, 45 minutes away, not even. So Lou Pearlman, all these guys that like started these boy bands, he was there. Like we, if we went downtown, we'd see like one of the Backstreet Boys, Lou Pearlman. And so I met all these managers and production companies and all that stuff through this girl. And then I met a vocal coach that way. And I just, I had to tell the vocal coach, I'm like, Hey, I'm not a boy band singer. I need to sing country music. That's like what I love to do. And she's like, well, I used to intern at RCA Records in Nashville. I'm like, I love it, let's go. So she so she would take me up. Uh, we would, in between school, I'd find like, I'd take the, like a long weekend or in the summer, I'd go up there for like a week and she'd introduce me to people. And that's how I actually got the connection to RCA Records and ended up signing the record deal with them. That is bonkers, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, it wasn't like this lifelong I have to make this happen. I'm going to have this amazing team around me with management, with all these things. No, it was like my vocal coach knew somebody. She was able to get it into the right hands. She, you know, she gave, I made a horrible demo, okay, in, in Orlando. If I listen to it, I, I need to find it actually. I did a Brian McKnight song, yeah. One Last Cry, okay? And then I did an Andy Grigg song because it was like, one of the songs I was loving at the time it was actually an old Waylon Jennings song, like a Hebrew did. And I was like, I'm in my mind, right? Not knowing anything about how to get started or get in door. I'm like, I just think I, I was just thinking like, how can I show them that I can sing different things? So I was like, all right, Brian McKnight, Andy Griggs, I'll go super country, super R and B pop. Did those two songs made a, like a three ring binder folder I put my eight by 10 on the outside, glossy eight by 10 on the outside of the binder. You opened it up, it had a CD holder in there. I put my CD holder in there with my two songs, with my picture on the CD, the oh, actual yeah. CD. I had a little bio in there, put a little one page bio in there. And that's what she gave to someone in finance at RCA Records. Not even like the person that signs people. Not the AR so, guy. <laughs> 
So she gives it to the finance guy, and the finance guy, Lawrence Loring, bless his heart, great guy, ended up being friends with him because I would st- the finance guy was like, just come on up, stay at my house. And let's get you connected with everybody because his wife worked at Curb Records. And at the time, Tim McGraw was over at Curb Records and all that stuff. How I was making my connections was through my vocal coach, through the finance guy at RCA Records, through the wife of the finance guy that had Curb Records. And that's how it all like the whole synergy thing started and meeting the right people. And it finally made its way, the little two song demo to Jim Catino who is now head of A&R at RCA Records. At, when I met him, he was like he was like in his first year uh, of A&R. He heard it, and I'll never forget it. It was during CMA Fest, like in June, the big festival that we have here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. He called me. He got my number because, of course, I had my number in my binder. <laughs> he called me, and he said, he said, hey, man, is this Chuck? I'm like, hey, dude, what's up? He's like, hey, it's Jim Catino, A&R of RCA. I listened to your CD. He goes, man... I think there's something there. You sound pretty good. He goes, I'm on my way to a Kenny Chesney sound check right now over at Nissan Stadium. When I get back, can you meet me at my office and just sing for me in person? First of all, I was like, you're going to a Kenny Chesney sound check? <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's like, it won't take too long. I go, well, I don't play guitar or nothing. Do you just want me to sing acapella for you? He's like, yeah, just do that. That's fine. So I came in there and dude, now knowing Jim Catino and he's this big burly guy and I was singing One Last Cry and an Andy Greg song to him, acapella, face-to-face, across a desk. That's what got me in the door to, and finally, end up, after a couple more steps, to sign with RCA Records. So you sign with RCA, I suppose you graduate from college and then move to Nashville. Negative. I The minute that meeting got me another meeting with everybody, like the head of A&R, Joe Galante, who, who ran RCA Records, that got me that meeting where I had to sing for them live and I brought guitar players in. Jim Catino found me a producer, Monty Powell, who did like all Diamond Rio stuff. So we came in with a team and then presented ourselves again. And at that point, they gave me what they call a developmental deal. And that's when they basically sign you to develop so no one else can sign you in town. You come back later and see if they'll sign you to the full deal. Well, as soon as I signed that development deal, I quit college and moved to Nashville. Wow. Two classes short of graduating. I'm like, I'm out. Have you since finished those classes? No, no. And I actually, um, I checked in with them maybe like six years ago. I was like, hey, I, can I take some online courses like just to finish these two classes? And they looked up my info and they're like, oh, the curriculum has changed <laughs> since you left. You now have... You now have to take like six more classes. Now, keep in mind, if you Google Florida Southern College alumni. Oh, yeah. Most notable, like most notable. They have me on there. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute. What, what is this? Shit? You're going to take credit. I, you're you're going to make me go back. and You can't use me like that. I'm like, you're taking my name. Like, give me a diploma. You need an honorary diploma. They do that. I feel like. All the time. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I feel like it should happen. I think so too. Well, I'll call some people. I know some people who know some people. We'll we'll make this happen. Okay. So you quit school with two classes to go, hanging everything on a developmental deal. You move to Nashville. What do you do first? You just immediately start writing songs? 
Yeah, so Monty Powell it was, is a great songwriter. He's written a bunch of Keith Urban songs, other songs, Tim McGraw songs, all this stuff. He was the guy that taught me really how to songwrite. So he took me under his wing. When I moved up to town, I basically was his apprentice, and I just learned how to write songs with him. And then, you know, when you sign a developmental deal or you're attached to any kind of major record label, songwriters come out of the works, and they're like, I'll write with you, I'll write with you, I'll write with you, because, you know, I could be the next big thing. They, they never know. So what I did was I took advantage of those relationships and I kept them. That's the key. Like if you meet somebody great, that's fantastic. Just don't meet them and be fine with one conversation with them. Get to know them and learn from them. And that's what I did is like, I wanted, I told them flat out. I'm like, listen, I, I, I'm learning. So I let them take the reins on everything. I never, never walked into a writing room to just pretend that I know exactly what I'm doing. Cause I didn't, especially in the beginning. When I first moved to town, it's crazy. I had the development deal. And about two weeks later, once I really moved here, they ended up not picking me up for the full record deal. So I had to then make the decision, well, do I go see other record labels now? In my mind, I was just like, all right, wait a minute. Take a step back. Take a deep breath. If RCA felt like I wasn't ready, and, I, and now me looking back, I wasn't ready. I was not ready. If they don't think I'm ready, what what makes me think that another label is going to think I'm ready? So what I did was I got a job parking cars. That's how I made my money. Hundred bucks a night, I was happy. You know, hundred bucks a night, I was super happy. Lived in a little apartment. Had the girl I wrote Stealing Cinderella, Stealing Cinderella about move up with me. She we lived in the same little apartment, and I just grinded it out, man. For four years, I did nothing but write songs, learn the craft, find out who I was as an artist. I'm a very competitive guy. When I felt like I was ready, the first stop I was going to make was RCA Records because I wanted to prove to them that I was I was like, no, 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 you made a mistake. I'm ready. I, I'm your guy. And man, through those four years, I really did find out who I was as an artist. That never changes, by the way. You, you're always evolving as an artist, or you should be. The artist that I was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it's not even close to what the artist I am today. It's You, you know, we all evolve and we should. You want to do that. I went right back into RCA with a team again. It was Monty Powell and Dan Huff, great producer. We played three three songs for them in the conference room before I got to the elevator at RCA Records, which, which is just a hallway's length away. They said, we're going to sign Chuck. And I signed a full record deal. And that's when it all, it just happened quick. I was, I, that's when I just started, you know, writing, 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 get in the studio, get in the studio try to find that record. And that's when Stealing Cinderella was written, all these things. They stick you out there, man. They throw you out there. And it's a big deal like to go out there as a new artist and have RCA behind you. I mean, RCA, that's Elvis Presley's record label. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's got this big, cool nostalgia. It's got this thing to it. It was nerve wracking, man. Go out, you go out on radio tour, you see every single radio station and you try, you try as a brand new artist, you go on radio tour and you try to win Every single radio station, one by one, you try to win them over and say, yes, I believe in you and I'm going to play your song. And that's 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 really when the work begins. You know, there's a cool lesson to be had there. It reminds me of when I had Gavin DeGraw on the show. He had similar story to yours is he was offered a deal, but it wasn't for enough money. The way that he took that was you're not offering me very much money because you don't believe in what I can do. And that means that I need to go and I need to work and get better. So when I come back, you'll think I'm worth more. 
And so what you're trying to tell me is that I'm I'm not there yet. You doing a similar thing of like, okay, I need to go hone my craft for four years and come back. Because a lot of people take that and they take that failure and they just like admit defeat. But the truth of the matter is, is that you got to keep on failing to get better, to become the thing that you want to be, right? And I think that's a really cool lesson that you had to live through to get to where you are now. Yeah, and I think that's with everything, man. I think it's, you know, if someone can't, if someone's listening right now and you can't relate to that musically, you can relate to it with your job or you can relate to it with your relationship or you can relate to it when you're raising your kids. You know, you may, maybe you did something wrong and you're like, well, I didn't really teach them a lesson that time. I need to do it this way. It'll be better and they'll learn more. It's universal. It's a universal language of learning from defeat. It's the whole slogan of, you know, if you get knocked down, just get back up. I mean, anything you do, you just got to keep on pushing forward. So you get signed by RCA. You go on radio tours. Man, I was a music director for radio stations. I remember musicians coming in, spinning their demo and trying to get airplay and all that kind of stuff. I guess you, you kind of worked the system for a while. Was there a moment that you were like, I made it? Yes, there was a, there was two different moments. Um, one in particular was when I was on the Grand Ole Opry the first time because it was at the time it was being televised. So not only did they want me to sing and make my debut, and, and it was fantastic, but they wanted me to host the show as well. Cool. So I'm like, oh my god, I can't, can I just focus on one thing? Jeez, <laughs> it was pretty nerve wracking. Actually, I'm probably glad they did make me do that because I couldn't focus too much on one thing and maybe psych myself out or whatever. But it was that moment, Randall Opry, and it was the first time because I went from conference rooms doing the radio tour straight to opening up for Brad Paisley on tour. And my first stop was in Denver, Colorado in an arena where the Nuggets play. So I was just like, holy crap, this is not a conference room. This is amazing. So that's when I was just like, okay, this is cool. At what point did Dancing with the Stars come into play and then America's Morning Show come into play? Dancing with the Stars came about because when I, I so I ended up dating Julianne Huff for a while and we met actually, I was on my, about to be on my third single. So um, Stealing Cinderella, All I Ever Wanted, both went up the chart and had a lot of success with them. And then I started dating Julianne and that's when I started going out to LA on CBS Lots to support her, just to support her. We met because we were touring with Brad Paisley together. It was like me, Jewel, uh, Rodney Atkins, and that's how we started dating. And at the time, the casting director for Dancing with the Stars was coming out to see the shows because she wanted Jewel to be on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. And she also knew Julianne. So she was coming out and because Jewel was on my season and Ty Murray, her husband, the bull rider. Well, Jewel ended up getting hurt and so on, whatever. But because she saw me there, then she would see me backstage at the season before because I was dating Julianne. The season before I was on, their whole the the casting, whole casting director and their people and the, the producers of the show, they like they think, hey Chuck. He goes, you got a minute? I'm like, sure. They took me in this like room and sat me down at like a conference room. I'm like, what the heck is going on? They're like, so we love your personality and love that, you know, you're country musician and we just think you would be great for this show. Do you want to be on Dancing with the Stars next year? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> I would love to be. On. And here's the kicker. Julianne was not supposed to be. Julianne was not even going to be on the show. Yeah. She told the, the the directors that she was not going to do next year i was supposed to be teamed up with like some like editor or somebody else i think last minute uh, julianne was just like well i'll come back and do the season with you 
because it only makes sense. So that's a lot of people thought we met on that show and we did not. We actually were dating beforehand. Then we were on the show together and then we ended up breaking up like six months after the show. So that's how Dance with the Stars happened. I was just in the right place at the right time, you know, to to kind of get noticed or recognized by the the people that make the decisions. I was on my third single when I was on Dancing with the Stars and I'll never forget it. I was still with RCA Records. It was a song called Man of the House and it was such a special song. It was about troops overseas and kids that are back home being a man of the house, taking care of the, you know, the moms and dads, whoever's back home waiting for the loved ones to come back. And it was doing so well. It was like in the 20s on the chart. And the minute I got kicked off the show, the minute I got kicked off of Dancing with the Stars, they dropped the single from radio. It made no sense to me because we still had a bullet. Like we were still going up the chart. Yeah. But in their minds, they're like, oh, okay, he's off the show now. We're, we're done with this song. We're not going to take advantage of it. And that's really when I started to know I was in trouble at RCA. And man, two more singles later, I ended up getting dropped from RCA. There's so many reasons why that happens. I mean, it can be from management. It can be from a new, well, a new, a new uh, president came in and started running RCA and Sony. So, you know, he wasn't the guy that signed me. So there's all these different reasons, but that's when Radio World came into play. I got asked to do America's Morning Show maybe about a couple years later. I was still looking for another deal. I was running out of money. Like, I, it, dude, it was getting bad, man. I was just like, well, man, I'm not touring that much anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I was legit running out of money. And Blair Garner with America's Morning Show was like, hey, I got this idea that I'm doing. I want you to be a part of it. And I was like, what is it? And it was that it was a radio show that started in New York City and then was going to end up be, ended up being syndicated in a bunch of different markets. And we did it all from Nashville. And I'm just like, dude, I'm in. And that's that's how that whole thing came about. And that's that's how I knew I loved radio, dude. I, I, I love being on the radio as a singer, of course. But I, I love doing radio too. Like I love doing show. I love doing morning show or or podcast or whatever it is, you know. Chuck Wicks, I know you got to go, but I want to say thank you so much for for taking your time, telling your story. It's amazing. Everyone out there, go uh, stream, download, buy whatever solid gold. Don't forget that all with you's coming out December fourth. Keep your eyes peeled for that. If people can uh, want to follow you, where do they go? At Chuck Wicks on the Instagram, baby. Dude, thank you so much, man. You rock, brother. All right, dude. See you, bro. Later, man. I called you dead. I, all right, dad. <laughs> all right, dad. All right, dad. Goodbye, son. <laughs> all right, dad. See you, Will. <laughs> Later, man. Later. Oh, I feel so bad. He he was like, I'll call you back. We, I, I have, a, I have a, a meeting with Spotify, and you know, I'll call you back. I'm like, no, man, don't worry about it. Do your, do your thing. But uh, listen, Chuck Wicks, what a nice guy. Super freaking talented. Just the best. I've known him, you know, like I said, I, I've known him for a while. It was fun to have him on my show because I've been on his. But I got to say, man, I always knew him as this like juggernaut songwriter, singer, performer in Nashville. And when he started doing the radio stuff, I was like, that's interesting. So here's the rub. Here's here's the lowdown of this whole thing. I had been approached by Blair Garner to do that show with them. Obviously, I wasn't the name that Chuck Wicks was, but I think I was the backup. I remember hearing that being like, man, he got he got that gig and he's a singer. He doesn't need he doesn't need this radio gig. You know, give it to the radio kid. He's such a nice guy. So freaking talented. And I love this story, man. You also, by the way, you can tell how radio savvy he's gotten. I literally said 15 words. He just went. When people interview me, I always am like, they must be so annoyed because I just talked the entire time. But now, being on the other end of it, I loved it. It was the easiest show I've ever done. (laughs) 
I'm bummed that I didn't get to do rapid fire questions with him. Maybe we'll uh, we'll have him back on later down the line, and, and we'll uh, we'll get to it. Anyways, guys, hope you enjoyed the Wells cast this week. Uh, I did. That was such a fun show. I loved it. Don't forget to rate and review the show. That uh, does help the show. Tell your friends about it as well. And uh, tweet to us or Instagram us at Wells Adams or uh, at the Wells cast on Insta. And uh, tell us who you want to uh, have on the show next. Cool? All right. Uh, by the way, how about him doing the Titanic thing? That was crazy. Really good, too. I can't wait for his version of Old With You to uh, come out. But but I guess we'll just, you know, close with this one. Till we get uh, his coming out. All right, guys. Have a great week. I'll see you later on the Monday. Bye. Subscribe to Wells Cast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the internet. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.